Welcome to the Animal Law Matters podcast presented by K&R Animal Law. My name's Mike and I'm here with my colleague Narman. We are partners of K&R Animal Law, which is a private law firm dedicated to helping animals and their human defenders. We created this podcast to give listeners a broad overview of animal law from a legal, philosophical, theoretical and practical perspective. Our aim is to help educate our listeners about animal law matters and encourage them to take action to help create a better world for animals. I am here with Michelle Neal. Michelle has worked closely with animals for nearly 20 years as a companion animal veterinary nurse, wildlife veterinary nurse, zoological veterinary nurse, and wildlife rehabilitator. Michelle's companion animal career has involved working with Guide Dogs Australia, general practice nursing, emergency veterinary nursing, and behavioural training. Her wildlife experience includes working at Currumbin Wildlife Sanctuary and Australia Zoo. Highlights in Michelle's career include assisting with the care, treatment, and rehabilitation of unique native species of animals, including the southern cassowary, spotted tail quolls, and her favourite koalas. Michelle is currently completing her final law unit and aims to finish her degree in October of this year. She volunteers with the Animal Law Institute and works as a paralegal at a Sunshine Coast law firm. Michelle also works at a koala-specific veterinary clinic and continues to rehabilitate wildlife. Michelle lives on a small acreage on the Sunshine Coast with her equally animal-loving partner and their family of chickens, ducks, birds and reptiles. It's great to have you on the podcast, Michelle. I've sent you through a few questions, so we might just get straight into those. Michelle, you worked for 18 years as a vet nurse with both domestic animals and wildlife. What drew you to vet nursing and how was your experience as a vet nurse? So I left high school actually pretty early. Um, I didn't complete year 12, so my my options were... um, a little bit different and I sort of got into just doing a traineeship this is you know quite a few years ago just doing clerical work and I just found that after a few years I just felt really dissatisfied with what I was doing I didn't feel that I you know got to pursue what I really wanted to and doing something that I felt could make a difference so I started looking in my mid-20s at um, what I could do that um early 20s I guess that was involved in the area that I loved and I loved animals and started looking into jobs and found vet nursing and um, started studying vet nursing and volunteering I was volunteering with the guide dogs at that point before finding employment with them and then just went from there to finding um, veterinary nursing work in a general practice and then moved along in different areas of vet nursing Um, In terms of my experience as a vet nurse, it's definitely been a a mixed bag, (laughs) Um, a mixture of challenging and and rewarding. Definitely um, from the rewarding point of view, really have enjoyed knowing that I'm making a difference in providing um, comfort and and safety for both domestic and um, wildlife animals. Um, It's really great being able to build relationships with um, with clients and educate them about their their pet or about the wildlife when they would bring them in for rehabilitation or 
because they've been injured. Um, releasing wildlife was an, is an amazing experience um, when you've seen them come in really unwell and then seeing them get released into their um, their territory again and and, and um, you know they don't really care about you they're quite happy to be out there but that's really rewarding um, challenging and um, I would have to say seeing cases that are treatable especially in, in domestic uh, veterinary work where there's a lot a lot of cases you'll see where people just can't afford to treat their pay, uh, their pets and um, at this stage we have the options you know of euthanizing or surrendering pets and so that that's really difficult um, trauma from a wildlife perspective um, mostly is is yeah is quite challenging to see um, them suffering in pain so yeah it's it's definitely been a mixture of things well that, I'm sure you've seen uh, a lot of different things with animals over the years and it sounds like a really interesting experience that you've had. So Michelle, you're currently completing your law degree, you're about to finish, and you are studying animal law as part of that degree. So why did you decide to undertake a law degree and study animal law? Um, I think for me, I was feeling frustrated with seeing some of the, the things that I've mentioned and feeling that I was just involved in the, um, the cure, so to speak. And a lot of what um, I could, I guess, see coming, coming through the doors were things that I thought were preventable issues. And so I started looking into um, the different laws and, and realizing they, they were quite gray um, or they were quite uh, non-existent at all so I felt I wanted to be involved in in helping animals from a prevention uh, type of perspective um, and just you know seeing you know poor breeding lack of responsibility or accountability um, lack of enforcement of animal cruelty issues um, and also from a very personal point of view, um, the veterinary industry is has a very high suicide rate. And a lot of this um, comes from the fact that there's a lot of, you, you feel quite tied in many ways in what you can do um, with helping people, with helping patients. And especially when you've got the issue of, of euthanasia being sometimes an easy option for people. So I just felt that there needed to um, be more done and I wanted to be involved in that so yeah it just um got me got me thinking um and I was in a space in my life where I felt I had the opportunity now to study so yeah took it on in my um sort of mid to late 30s and um really have enjoyed it really love doing the animal law unit um it's also been very eye-opening as well <laughs> just to see just um how much we um how much more we need to do oh that's great to hear michelle yeah that's right there's, there's a a lot of room for improvement without the laws that govern animals in australia but we are i think yes heading in the right direction at least even though it is very slow yes. progress so michelle if yes you could, <laughs> if you could change one law in australia relating to animals what would that be mm -hmm. 
Um, it was a really good, it's a really good question because there are so many different things um, that could be changed. For me, I keep coming back to what I think is a, a crux of a lot of the issue, which is that animals are still legally classified as property. Um, and I think that as long as we have that as such a, a paramount law, um, a lot of other things are going to be slow to change. So, um, you know, the issue with sentience um, as well with animals um, is a law that I think needs to be changed and it, it's, I think it's slowly getting there. <laughs> um, working with animals, experiencing um, their behaviours and seeing them so close up, I feel very strongly that they definitely have that capacity to feel. They definitely have a level of conscious awareness. Um, and I've seen this not only in domestic animals, pets that are used to humans, but I've also seen this in, in wildlife um, from the numerous uh, wild um, wildlife that's come in that I've been involved with. Um, I have seen they each have an individual personality and that has really um, made me feel very strongly about the fact that we need to consider changing the laws that allow them to be recognised for their own sentience and hopefully down the track also change those laws about them being considered as property. Yeah, I think you've raised some really important points and you're talking about your anecdotal experience working with animals and seeing this, their sentience and their personalities and the, the empirical scientific evidence also backs that up and shows that clearly higher order animals can experience physical pain in a, in a virtually identical manner to humans and have high capacities to experience emotions. And so on that basis, I, I agree with you that animals should not have the classification as property under the law. They should be given their own separate legal personality and given rights that are appropriate for them as sentient beings. Yes, I, I really do feel that way. Um, I'm not sure if I could share one experience if, if there was the time yeah, to, sure, for, that, for me to do that. Um, working with a um, working in the wildlife hospital, there was a koala that had um, come in. She had been hit by a car, so she had um, quite significant trauma. And at this particular point, she had been rehabilitated and was in um, an enclosure where we were getting her ready for, um, you know, building her strength up, allowing her to have more movement. And I was in another um, another area uh, looking after another koala and I just heard this, it sounded like screaming. And I ran to where the sound was and looked in her enclosure and she was just in, in the middle of this um, uh, vertical um, tree, we call them, our verticals that they would be on. And um, she was just screaming and I ran over to her and touched her and she just instantly stopped and looked at me. And I just was so perplexed at what was going on. We took her in, we got her checked over and we couldn't find anything. And I just kept wondering, what, is it possible that they can have these traumatic you know nightmares in a way um from what she's experienced because it almost was like she she was asleep and had been woken up when I touched her and it was just it really had a profound effect on me um amongst so many things that I have seen and colleagues that I've worked with that have seen um it just 
how much more we don't understand about their ability to be aware of what's going on. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for, for sharing that story, Michelle. It's um yeah, it's interesting. There's there's a documentary, you might have seen it. I think it's called My Octopus Teacher. And it's uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's really interesting because I think you know people eat calamari, for example, without really thinking about whether uh, octopuses have their own personality and, and without really considering the octopuses. And, and that documentary shared a, a similar experience uh, in that mm-hmm. it showed that these octopuses in, have complex lives and build complex relationships and are much more intelligent than we really give them credit yes. for. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, loved that. That was It was very opening as well. <laughs> Michelle, what is one thing that you are excited about in relation to the animal protection movement? Um, definitely with seeing this beginning of more recognition of the of animals as being sentient beings. So um, just recently in the UK, um, they have um, passed some laws to start legislating to allow that um, consideration in their laws. And I think from an Australian point of view, that is really profound because we are a Commonwealth nation. Our legal history originates um, from the UK and to be able to have that precedent being uh, set up there, I think is going to go a really long way in Australia to be able to start making those smaller changes here. And I know we've had, you know, some um, recent discussions where they're looking at, you know, battery hens and so forth, um, long way down the track, but there does seem to definitely be some um, changes happening, as you mentioned earlier on, and I'm really excited to see that happen and the potential it has for us here in Australia for our laws. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited about that too. It's it's interesting that we, we've known for hundreds of years, really, I think since Darwinian times, if not many centuries before that, that, that animals are sentient. Uh, and it's taken the law a long time to, to recognise that expressly in, in words to that effect. Although our criminal laws do recognise that animals are sentient, that's why they criminalise animal cruelty. Uh, but it is good to see mm-hmm. laws expressly state the, the sentient nature of, of animals. Yes, 100% agree, especially if, if it goes into areas of, of live export and um, and even I'm hoping from the point of um, having more responsibility and accountability when we have pets as well. Yes, yeah, I agree. Michelle, what is one piece of advice that you would give to those who are interested in taking action to help animals? Um, I think I would have to say to start small and to be patient. I know I've had many times over the years years of working as a vet nurse and over just the last six years of of studying where I felt overwhelmed and wondered if you know this is too too big to do um is it is it too much um what can one person do um am I maybe you know being um crazy and thinking that I'm going to be able to make a difference but if we all thought that we wouldn't get anywhere and things that we have been seeing change um, movements that are happening are because people are taking small actions here and there and it's we're becoming louder and um, and that's how those changes are happening so even if it's just something simple as volunteering 
um, for a charity, a rescue group, a local one um, in whatever area that you live in. There are wildlife rescue groups, there are domestic um, animal rescue groups that will always need help. Um, small changes, even just from an environmental point of view and helping our animals, you know, recycling properly, um, picking up rubbish if we see it, being an example um, to others is what is going to create a snowball effect and, and make changes as well. So um, even though I know I still have a long way to go um, with my long-term goal of being able to be involved with uh, law reform and, and making changes in, in the animal law um, sector, I just try and take each step at a time and um, hope that, yeah, eventually that's just going to keep teaching me uh, what I need to know to, to get to that, that end goal. I think that's really good advice. And it reminds me of a saying that, that I like. Uh, and the, the saying is, just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you can't do something. So if, if we can all just do a little bit to help animals, and there's a lot of us doing a little bit, that actually adds up to a lot that's, hap that's happening to help animals. Absolutely, yes. And I, I definitely think we are moving in the right direction and people are becoming more aware due to this fact and, and due to education. So we've got to keep got to keep going yeah that's right well Michelle I've really enjoyed chatting with you and hearing your insights into the treatment of animals uh, into animal law and the, the future uh, of what you hope to achieve in the animal protection space and I wish you every success in completing your law degree and look forward to seeing how you progress with your career Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate um, your time and, and being able to um, give my experiences. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you learned something. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and we hope that you can join us for our next episode.